Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Sunday morning. From the Kia Studios, nine floors up and lovely midtown waiting for the sun to come up on a game day Sunday. Yeah, because there's a game to be played today. Some of you may not consider it a game. Seb Critchaw with you in Kia Studios. I'm on this side of the mic. Greg's on the other side of the mic. But in studio, man, we are pleased to welcome back somebody that we have a lot of fun with. He's got a lot of information, um, and he's going to have some fun with us this morning once again. John Betnarowski, Marriott of Daily Journal. Thanks so much for being back in the house with us. Good morning, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, and you probably know what I'm going to say. What's that? It's early. <laughs> It, 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 it's so early. There's uh, there's no lights on out here in uh, in, in wonder, wonderful Midtown, uh, and it's quiet outside. I mean, yesterday, if you had been around here, John, you've been up in the studios. You've been nine floors up here uh, to look out the window and see this chopper that was going. And I'm going to post a little video on the 92.9 Twitter page so people can see what I'm talking about. This industrial flying crane. Uh, that was taking uh, air conditioned units off the top of the hotel on the other side of Colony Square here. It was an incredible sight to see the thing, and it caught me by surprise. I'm on, and all of a sudden I hear it, and I look out the window, and it's right there. <laughs> you know, it's right outside the window. Now it flows up, it's hovering real low, and it was just a, an amazing, amazing thing to see. Greg pointed it out to me, and I'm like, un, un, unreal, unreal. And I know you work at Mar- Marietta Daily Journal. You see a lot of different type of uh, aircraft, should I say, that touches and goes and flies around your area. But that's a, quite a unique piece of mach- uh, machinery, and it kind of took us by surprise. All right. Now, you got to be honest with the listeners. Yeah. Because what that helicopter was actually doing was putting the new HVAC unit on the house that you're building next door to the studio, <laughs> oh, right? No, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. But to see him move that thing was just just remarkable. And uh, they got it all done. And the streets are clear. I mean, the streets were all blocked off. You couldn't get anywhere on 15th Street right here across from Colony Square and, and in, the, in the High Museum yesterday. Thankfully, that's all gone, and we were able to come in. We left the lights on for you down there. How, how do you like the lights there on the corner? It is a very, uh, very attractive sight. Yes. Yeah, there's still colorful lights here. I don't know from the holidays. They just leave them on. They, look, they do look nice at this time of day. You've had a lot going on, and we're going to talk about uh, especially something that you were at yesterday throughout the morning and other things that are happening uh, that you've been covering. Well, and it's something very, very special that you have coming up uh, for readers as well. We're going to get into oh, we got so many layers to get into with this man today. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. Uh, I guess a, a big story and whatnot uh, is coming into the day. I've been watching right now. We're watching Roger Federer because they're still playing. This is what, Sunday night? Over there, I think right now, I think this. I think this. What? What is? is it I think Monday? we're a day behind. Or is it? So this is Monday night. They're watching over there now. I'm not sure. Oh no, no, you're you're right. This would be Sunday night. Thirteen hours ahead. So it, it, it is Sunday night in the evening match, which is like the wee order, wee hours of the morning match. Has Roger Federer playing, and he lost the first set. Um, Coco Golf goes out last night in three sets. First of all, you thought it's us about a 15 year old performing the way that she's performed. You know, when it comes to tennis and golf anymore, it, you everything has gotten so specialized. Yeah. These kids are getting a lot better, a lot faster. And, you know, a, as you can see, uh, when I was an athlete uh, way back in the day, we didn't have the <coughs> nutritionists see, see, uh, see. Oh, amongst other things. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's taking care of uh, themselves. They get on these uh, – 
plans earlier. The, it's specialized coaching, individual coaches, psych coaches, all that. These kids, professionally, when it comes to their game, are so far advanced. Uh, the question is, is where are they mentally? And obviously, Coco is right where she needs to be. Very much. I mean, uh, mom, mom and dad are very much there. And I think that's the other thing, too. We watch a lot of high school sports. You and I cover a lot of youth sports. And it's really the moms and dads. And you can tell the ones where the moms and dads are getting it right. And you can tell the ones where the moms and dads are maybe missing some things. It, it, it all kind of plays out. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun to watch her. You know, you know we had Monica Sellis and we had uh, Jennifer Capriotti yeah. and, and we had Maria Sharapova and all those players. You know, and of course the Williams sisters. Uh, Coco, I think, is the next big thing in American tennis uh, because, unfortunately, you know the men's side of the game, wow. we still just don't seem to have anybody. Yes. Well, Jim Courier is over there representing us now, but he's the one that does the on-court interviews Interview with interviews. all the players. Yeah, <laughs> I don't he's, think not that counts anymore. anymore. Not played but, anymore. Uh, and John Isner, who's you know University of Georgia, who's been on the tour for a very long time, he had to withdraw from his match in the second set yesterday. So I mean, he's he's always had problems with the two week tournaments because all of his sets always go to tie breaks, and he spends so much time out of the first week. There's nothing left in the second week. Yeah, when you're winning tiebreakers seventy to sixty eight, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's that. will always be known for that, but that's why he's always struggled at the big events. You were at something here locally yesterday that a lot of fans here are looking forward to uh, because it's been a it's kind of been a long off season because of the way that it the way that it ended for our Braves uh, yesterday. Chop fest. A lot of enthusiasm over there? A lot of enthusiasm. The uh, W word getting thrown along, uh, around a lot. Oh, uh, really? We, not only do the fans uh, think it's about time that the Braves uh, make a trip to the World Series, uh, one very prominent player, uh, he says it. this is the year. So the, you got players, not only the fans, sure the fans are going to say it, but when you get the players to say it, that's, that's a whole different deal. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you can tell... Uh, with the signings that uh, Alex Anthopoulos has made, uh, you know, and uh, he's spent a lot more money than a lot of people thought that the uh, Braves would spend in the offseason. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm in the clubhouse. Yeah, and, and well, well, it, it should be. You want to see what pick off because we're in the division now with the world champions. How about that? It sounds strange. Yeah, that didn't sit real well with the guys either yesterday. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. We get to see those guys a lot, and especially after the way the Braves handled them during this regular season. Yeah. Braves own those guys, and they end up winning the whole thing. Yikes. Uh, talk about the, the stadium, though. I know a lot of people want to know, have you seen the truest? Do they have truest signs up yet since we're going to change the name of the joint? Uh, <laughs> are we starting to see that yet? Well, you know, they just took the uh, uh, SunTrust uh, names off of it. And now the the huge SunTrust Park sign that you can see from I-75 that's over the third base gate, right. it's still there. That's good. They're going to need one of those helicopters that you had uh, <laughs> yesterday. here yesterday to get that thing down. Uh, but Truist definitely had uh, a uh, presence yesterday. Um Anything that, you know, video boards, the, the giant scoreboard, uh, you know, backdrops, anything that they could get it on yesterday, it was there. It just wasn't the permanent signage as of yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be watching for that. And throughout the morning, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about Chop Fest. Um, we're going to talk with John. He's going to tell us what he talk about some of the players. 
um, and and some of the new faces with the team and some of the outlooks and things that he saw yesterday. We, we're going to get into those things with him along with a lot of other stuff. One thing we had yesterday, the station, that was really big was Game Bowl. That's uh, paper football. Were you any good at that in school? Uh, way back in the day, I was all right. But, I, you know, I, I heard about some of the exploits last night. I don't think I could have hung with these guys. Now, these guys were incredible. They were incredible. And I got to at least see who our winner was. Our winner was Roderick Allen. Uh, he won by six points in the final. Now, I was out there. There were stars and strikes. Sandy Springs, Roswell Road. Place was packed in them. You get able to come out. You If you were out there last night pretty late, you're not awake right now because <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, some you, you may still be in the parking lot. Um, uh, but, but there was a lot of people there ready to have a good time. And all of our crew from Sports Radio 92.9, the game was there to meet people and, uh, and shake their hands, spend some time with them, and then uh, play different roles. Some put on the officiating jersey. Some put on the stripes. And uh, we're, we're brave enough to be officials for this event. I don't know if we had any replays or any of that type challenges or whatever. Uh, But Roderick Allen, like I said, he won by six points in the final. He previously won the first ever game bowl. Uh, This was the fourth game bowl. And and, uh, he reached the Elite Eight last year before losing in sudden death. Uh, He is now a two-time champion of 92-90 games, uh, annual game bowl. And a great time was had by all uh, that, that was out there last night. I was there for a while. I know I had to be there this morning. I'd be here this morning. Uh, so I did stay late. Uh, I want to be here with both eyes open. Uh, so I didn't stay out there last night. But uh, a fun event, a good time. And I guess it's for that weekend in between where you don't really have real football. You you, you had that going on. Yeah, because the, uh, the only real football, you, you know, we got the Pro Bowl today. But, you know, there's a question of whether that's real football or not. <laughs> Uh, we did have the Senior Bowl yesterday. Now that's real. That's real because some guys, are, you know, this probably the stuff that happens during the week more so than the game. Yeah, because that's where a lot of guys earn a lot of money. Yeah, because yeah. they'll hear their names called in uh, in April. But so uh, the, yeah, I mean, it, can you believe? Literally, we have one and a half football games left, and then we go into a drought for what six months? Yeah, but you know what though. The way the season goes and the way things work, we look for little things together. And you got a whole nother league that kicks off in another week. Oh, then. that's true. We got the XFL you starting the, XFL the week after the people, uh, You know what? We're going to ask some people that they're going to actually watch that. You going to watch that? I'm going to watch a little bit of it only because, you know, uh, Darnell Holland, the uh, exciting running back from Kennesaw State, he's going to be playing in the league. There's a few other guys that uh, are going to be around. Of course, Aaron Murray is going to be quarterback for one of the uh, uh, one of the clubs. I'm not as versed in uh, XFL as I probably should be at this point. Well, we don't have a team uh, in our hemisphere. It's not like last year with the Alliance. We had a team locally, and we kind of followed that, and Murray was here too. And so so we kind of watched that, and that went away. I'm curious to see how it it works, if people will watch it. Sure, take for granted what it is. It's guys trying to work their way into a camp. And if you think of it that way, you don't compare it to the NFL. It's not going to be the same thing. You know, so people can be, oh, it's not going to be. No, it's not. It's kind of not meant to be. But I'm curious to see how Vince McMahon does with the second time around, considering what it was the first time, those of us who remember the original XFL. Well, and considering, you know, the alliance was supposed to be the thing. You know, there was the talk that they were trying to work and get an affiliation with the NFL all that. Their business model went, uh, you know, uh, turned them upside down, and they're gone before the first year's over. So, it's going to be interesting to see how long the uh, XFL can when hang When you talk in there. about the business plan, I think he started two years out 
and he's got a probably a better base, you would yeah. hope anyway. So as we talk about that some as we go along this morning. But up next, we're going to talk some basketball from a guy who loves to talk, talk hoops. He is our hoops guru. Deshaun Tate is coming up next. John Betnarowski in studio all morning long. You stay with us on Sports Radio 9290 Game and 9290Game.com. Ah, folks, yes. That voice, that voice, that is our own hoops guru, Deshaun Tate, talking about Trey Young and being elected to the All-Star Game. First Hawk since Dikembe Mutombo. I wonder if he, when they introduce him, will he go out and wag the finger? What do you think, John? I don't know. I think Trey's got his own identity. <laughs> In studio, we got John Betnarowski, Mary of the Daily Journal with us this morning. And uh, in studio also, wow, the man we always turn to for hoops, Deshaun Tate. Deshaun, you've been on the stump and, and telling people they ought to vote for Trey Young. This week, it, it happened. He got yeah. the outside. We'll talk, talk about that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy for him, man. That, you know, and, and happy for this city, more importantly, because, you know, I mean, we're talking about it, it couldn't have happened to an even better person and, you know, I know that there has been some some questions in regards to whether, you know, he would start or not. I don't think it was necessarily so much of whether he would be an all-star, at least not in my book. But just to see the way that he dominated the fan voting the way that he did. And then also it was nice to see that the players and the recognition, he got some attention from them as well. So I'm, I'm really happy for this city, man. That, this, is, this is incredible. I think the first... Uh, Hawks starter since Dikembe Mutombo in the late in the late nineties, and yeah. I mean this is just a really awesome story. It is a quick, it is a great story. Uh, you like it, so we want to see the team pick up in the second half. And thoughts about the Hawks now? Now that he's done that, uh, they got the Wizards later on today. Second half of this season, once we get to the All Star break, the back half of the season is when this team really kind of caught fire and did some great things last year and showed some growth. You're hopeful for that this time around, especially with some of the young talent, because I keep reminding people, Trey Young that we see today wasn't that Trey Young yet at this time last year. It was like during the All-Star time, he went out and they played in the game. He and John Collins drew some attention, caught some eyes. And then, you know, after that point, they kind of carried on and showed some people what potentially could happen here. You think that could happen again this time? I do. I really do think so. And I'm really kind of hoping that it rubs off on certain players like Cam Reddish, similar to the way that it did for Trey Young last year. But, you know, this is a team that I have a good feeling will be better in the second half of the season. And in major part, not only because of getting John Collins back and getting him kind of reacclimated all over again, but uh, in addition to that, um, this is a team that, you know, can develop that chemistry a little bit more because of, you know, being able to um, not have to fight the injury bug the way that they had been this season. It seems like every player almost had been hurt except for Jabari Parker. And then now Jabari Parker, ironically enough, he goes down with an injury. But it's just really glad to see. Hopefully they get everybody on the same accord and then they can look much better. You know, you mentioned John Collins, mm -hmm. and he was out for that, what was it, 30, uh, 30 games or 20 games? 25. 25, 25. games mm -hmm. uh, with the suspension. You know, you, you had them playing so well at the end of last year. Then mm -hmm. they get started, and they lose him. How much do you think losing him for that 25-game span? Because you said he had to get reacclimated when he came back. Mm -hmm. How much did that limit the growth that this team could have had this year? I think that it did limit it quite a bit, but even more so the fact that what you were missing was things that sometimes doesn't show up on a stat sheet. And one of those things is the energy and the vocal leadership. And that's on the floor as well as off the floor. I'm in that locker room almost every home game. And I can see the significant difference 
when he's in when he was there and when he wasn't there and it gives the guys a little bit more confidence when they have somebody uh you know that they can lean on to kind of crack a joke from time to time and and be hard on them sometimes because you know it's it's one thing for Vince Carter to do it and I know that a lot of that is his role um but he's an older guy and he's only going to be able to give so much the guys are only going to be able to relate so much but when you have somebody who's leading by example the same way that John Collins is I think that it makes a difference because you got to remember it's not just a young team uh but I think it might be arguably the youngest starting five in the NBA right now, all five of the starters consistently age 22 or younger. Man, man, that, that's an amazing thing. Folks, uh, by the way, with me, uh, pleased to be joined by Deshaun Tate in studio. You can always follow him on the Twitter, as he says. Do that. <laughs> at Tate's Take Hoops uh, to talk all things basketball. Uh, talking about injuries and, and people coming back and being on the long-awaited arrival of Zion Williamson this week. That's about what you see. I mean, they're playing him in doses. They're kind of guarding his minutes uh, first couple of games up. I thought about what you've seen so far. Yeah, well, one thing I didn't expect was for him to come in and, you know, shoot the way that he has from the perimeter. I think that's probably been one of the more surprising things and is very telling of what he said, uh, you know, when when he said, you know, when you're in a situation where you have that kind of an injury, uh, a flat tire kind of, if you will, the only thing you can do is kind of sit back and shoot as you're rehabbing, and I think that helped him out a lot. He doesn't have, he didn't have like the broken jump shot coming in like Alonzo Ball or anything like that. I think it's just a matter of his shots weren't falling. His weight was probably a bigger concern to me coming in. I was more skeptical of what that would look like because when you don't have the ability to kind of get that cardio in. He's not a guy that can afford to, you know, pack on any more pounds. He already looks like he naturally has that kind of body already as it is. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, diet consistently that he will be on because you can have all the trainers and doctors and whatever else in the world that you want, but nobody's going to keep you from tiptoeing into the refrigerator yeah. at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's going to be leaning over your shoulder at that point. But when you just look at what he's done for, I mean, 37 points so far, 13 rebounds, all that stuff has looked good. He can get the turnovers down, but he's not going to be handling the ball primarily that much. 75% from the field and 80% from three so far. He's got to get that 37% up from the from the charity stripe, the, the free space on the bingo card, as I like to call it. But outside of that, I think he'll be just fine. You know, it's interesting because he wasn't known, obviously, for his outside shot at Duke. Mm. The fact that he was able to add that so quickly mm. before he came back kind of makes you wonder what Ben Simmons is doing up there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've always been a, I've always been one that 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 can vouch for the light skin brothers. I've always been that guy. That's that's not one I can. I can't. I can't, can't vouch for. No, nah, I can't vouch for that one. But uh, but if Zion can do it, then it, uh, I mean, there's no excuse. However, uh, that just goes to show exactly how dominant Ben Simmons can really be the effect that he has on the game, the production he brings, the contribution he brings without a jump shot. Yeah. You pair the jump shot with that, he could be a really dangerous player. But I like to see him get some confidence and at least just get some reps up. I mean, we saw Markel Fultz completely transform his whole game right. two, three years later, and now starting to look like a different player. There's no excuse for guys like Ben Simmons. Yeah. To, to me, that's a lot of want to. you got to want to. Speaking of want to, uh, last night a milestone for LeBron James. In uh, 17 years, and he passes Kobe Bryant, and Kobe's there to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts about that now? He's, what, third on the list? People may not be aware of who number two is. We all know who one is, but people may not be aware is of Is it Carl Malone? Carl Malone. Okay, I just took yeah. a shot yeah. in the dark at that one. 
Um, no, I think that is awesome, you know, for LeBron to be achieving what what he has. And probably the most impressive thing is, like, he hasn't really, like, sat out a ton of games throughout his career. Yeah. He hasn't really been uh, the guy that has been taking advantage of the load management and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the way that he has gone about taking care of his body, I think, has been phenomenal. And that's kind of set him up to put him in position to accomplish things like what he did, you know, last night. Um, but you know that that's some really good company that he's in. It's gonna be rough trying to chase uh, the 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 hook shot, uh, okay. the, the sky, sky hook. hook. Yeah. It's gonna it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> tough. But I think that that even that is really doable. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he accomplished that feat as well. Well, you know, you think about it. LeBron, when he first came in, he's always been the facilitator to get his teammates involved. Sure. He was never the uh, guy that was me first. I'm gonna score. You know, mm. unless it was. Absolutely necessary. Mm. Think about it. If he would have had the mentality that somebody like Kobe had. Mm -hmm. Of go out and score. Being score first where he'd be. Yeah, I know. And that's the special part about LeBron. And like you said, to think about where, excuse me, where he could be if not, you know, having the mentality that he has and being the facilitator and a distributor and he's just a team player. And sometimes to a fault, if I'm being honest. You know, yeah. there's some sometimes he passed those things up and it's his shot to take. And I like to for him to take over the game a little bit more sometimes. But uh just a, a phenomenal basketball player and, and obviously goes without saying, one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, yeah. We gotta talk some college hoops before I let you get out of here. Georgia Tech. Yeah. And got got a got a win. They had to play the team they beat to start the season yesterday, NC State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <clears throat> That was one that, you know, obviously they really needed and to get some confidence going for themselves. And I mean, they've had it. They've had it pretty rough. The turnovers are not helping Georgia Tech right now. They're just really not helping. But there's times when they're kind of a hard team to gauge because of the simple fact that they can go in and get some wins from time to time. They're going to keep a lot of games close. I know Josh Pastor has talked about that a few times that that we're right there. Like we're really about to turn the corner. Like we're just right there. Just stay patient. I know that that's a little bit more difficult for people like me to when you're going and watching that kind of brand of basketball, but they are getting better and they are slightly recruiting better. Maybe not by a whole lot. It's not moving the needle much, but it's slightly better. Yeah. I got to ask you about one of my local guys. Okay. You know, down at Auburn, Isaac Okoro came out of uh, McEachern High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharif Cooper, who just got uh, named to the McDonald's All-Star uh, game last week, he's supposed to go down there and join him next mm-hmm. year. The way Mr. Okoro is playing right now, I'm not sure if he's going to have a second year at Auburn. What do you think? Yeah, no. I mean, in general, Auburn is looking good, and he's a huge part as to why. Um, that that is coming, <clears throat> excuse me, coming off of a Final Four. That's a team that's won 41 of its last 44 games at home, which is really impressive. And maybe not a whole lot of those have anything to do with Isaac Curl, but certainly the ones this year have. I know they took a couple bump, had a couple bumps in the road uh, around about a week, week and a half ago, but. Uh, I still think that they're one of those teams that you just can't automatically, you know, write off the list. I mean, right now in college basketball, I'm not sure if anybody knows who the best team in the country is. They would certainly be right up in that conversation. But the the great thing about Isaac O'Curl is that he can not only play all five positions on the floor, but he can defend all five positions on the floor. There's not a question in my mind as to whether he's going to be a first rounder or not. I think we could be talking about a potential, you know, by, uh, second bottom part of the lottery even for a guy like him. Yeah. Got about a minute left with you quickly. Thoughts on what happened out of Kansas this week? Yeah. Wow. That's that that that, <laughs> that one was crazy. We saw I showed you we, we, we saw that earlier this year uh, in a game against Monmouth. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's really hard to kind of point the finger. The question is, is what, what's going to be done about this stuff? Because you got guys standing over guys and you got, you know, guys that are, you know, uh, kind of got their fists balled up and kind of flexing on other guys. And, and, and it's really a bad look for the game. It's happened on all three levels, on the NBA level, on the college level, on the high school level. And it, while it's very unfortunate, it's kind of like that's just the new wave. That's the new thing to get your weight up, get in the weight room type deal. Uh, I, I hope that the, they put it into that rather quickly because I don't need anything else extending, uh, you know, unnecessary going back and getting a whole bunch of reviews. I like to see that basketball being played. <laughs> <laughs> he does love to see the basketball being played. Don't forget you can follow him on, on the Twitter at? Uh, at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, where basketball lives. Listen to him, listen to him, listen Always great to have you, man. <laughs> oh, I, I want to make sure that people know one last thing. Got a really awesome podcast right now up on the website. It is all Atlanta Hawks based. Me, Andy Bunker, Gordon Robinson. It's called Birds the Word. You get a couple laughs in as well as some education. So I hope you enjoy. Man always drops the knowledge to Sean Tate. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Stay tuned. More Sports Radio 929 The Game coming up after this. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Sam Crenshaw, along with John Betnarowski, Marietta Daily Journal, in studio with us this morning. And, uh, man, we just talked some college and NBA hoops uh, with Deshaun Tate. He covers everything. We're just glad to have him here at Sports Radio 929 The Game. But uh, when we talk basketball, you mentioned a player that you've covered up in Cobb County uh, who got a special distinction this week uh, on the McEachern team. And why don't we start there and we'll talk some high school hoops. Okay. You know, Sharif Cooper. Uh, five-star point guard uh, out of McEachern, uh, committed or signed to go play at uh, Auburn. Uh, he's going to be able to play in the McDonald's All-Star game later on this spring. It seems like it's something in the family that uh, allows him to do that because his older sister, Taya, when she was at McEachern, she got to do the same thing. Now she's leading Baylor over. Uh, they're beating everybody, including Connecticut and everybody else. She's out there at Baylor, so... Uh, Omar Cooper's over at uh, Walker playing. They're playing well over there. It's a yeah. pretty good basketball family. And talk about Taya too. She's playing as a graduate. She's already she already yeah. ha- ha- has her degree. Yes, she's playing as a grad student. So uh, sometime this spring, she's going to get drafted in WNBA. Yeah, man, amazing, amazing, amazing basketball family. All right, we talk about this in this. Uh, we're about to get into the final week of the regular season. Amazing, the high school basketball season flies by because. A lot of the good games, I always say, happen when football's happening. The month of November, you have a lot of those tip-off classics and uh, that really match up a lot of teams. So, boy, I sure wish I could see this team from this side of town play, that team from that side of town. Well, they played. You, you, you just missed it. Uh, so that's what we got to have at the area, especially with all the teams from the area that, that, are, that are so talented. Yeah, early November, and then you're still in the middle of football season at that point. And unfortunately, the winter sports kind of take a little bit of a backseat. Uh, everybody gets ready for the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, all that. They've got all these great basketball tournaments. You still miss those because, you know, you're dealing with family stuff, things like that. Next thing you know, like you said, we're getting ready for the state playoffs. Uh, one interesting story that's coming out of my, uh, my county, Kel, yeah. uh, the girls' team, undefeated uh, coming into this week, ranked number two in Class 5A. Their coach is the son of somebody that you know pretty well, uh, Tony Engel Jr. Yeah, And, yeah. To, you know, Tony Engel won a Division II National Championship while the coach at uh, Kennesaw State. Mm-hmm. His son 
Uh, this is his second year at Kell. Last year, uh, it was almost he almost couldn't field the team. Uh, he had five kids uh, to start with. One of them uh, threatened to quit. All that. Wow. Uh, they ended up playing the season with like seven or eight kids. He, uh, I talked to Tony Senior earlier this week. He told me a story. One of the kids that came out for the team last year, uh, their mother talked to Tony Engle Jr. and said, look, my daughter can come out for the team, but don't make her run. Huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that, really? That's the kind of really? stuff that uh, he dealt with last year. <laughs> now, now, now they're undefeated and number two in the state, and it's going to be fun watching them go forward. That is something. That is something. What a transformation. What a turnaround. Uh, we talk, When we talk Cobb basketball, obviously we got some teams that have had fantastic seasons. South Cobb is one as well that's had a, had, a, had, a, had a remarkable season so far. Yeah, Greg Moultrie can uh, coach a little bit over there, can't yeah, he? Yeah, he can. Uh, it's going to be, you know, South Cobb is one of those teams that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago it was South Cobb and Alatoona mm-hmm. that were making a run toward a state, uh, state final. Uh, South Cobb's going to be good. McEachern, you know, they lost a lot to graduation. They have a young man that was supposed to come in and be eligible that uh, hasn't been all year that's been kind of a thorn in their side. With all the stuff that's been going on, they're still like 15-5. and five. Uh, By the time they get to the playoffs, I think they will be a tough out, although, you know, this year they've already been beaten by Grayson. They got beat by Monta, was it Monteverde? Okay. Uh, Handily, twice that they're the number one team in the country. Uh, Last year they they were handling folks like that. Oh yeah, Um, but I I, I think by the time we get to the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of good Cobb basketball that will make deep runs. Yeah, understand the Wheeler team is having another one of those Wheeler kind of seasons, but maybe kind of flying a little radar a little bit if, if Wheeler basketball can do that. Yeah, they've been that way the last couple of years. Uh, not that they've been uh, bad in any way, shape, or form. They're always a good program. But, uh, you know, I think it's the difference between Larry Thompson and Doug Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lipscomb always had, uh, you know, J.J. Hickson and uh, Jalen Brown and all those guys. You know, there hasn't been quite that level uh, since E.J. Montgomery, I think, was the last one that was uh, really the big name that came out of there. But they are solid. They are good. They will defend you. And uh, they're going to be a tough out once we get to the postseason, too. All the way down to Class A Private, how about Walker? I, I see them doing some impressive things this season. I like Walker. Um, Chandler Baker is, uh, you know, he's going to go on and do uh, great things at the next level, wherever he goes. Uh, Coach Brickhouse does a great job over there. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the best program over there was the girls' program. Yeah. And uh, that has definitely flipped the script. Uh, not that the girls that the uh, girls don't know how to play competitive basketball, but when you've got Division One players like uh, Walker, the, the Walker boys do now, it's, uh, you know, they've changed the focus. Yeah, makes a difference, makes a big difference. We'll be watching – Along the line as they get set to get into the uh, region playoffs, state playoffs on the road to Macon where they get the baskets right. Greg always talked about that. And Greg didn't realize a certain distinction that you have. We, we, okay, he, he, he's going to talk about it when he that. How about that? 
That, that would be great to do. Great. To do. And the name, we have a name? Yeah. Uh, you know, for a long time, it took me a couple of weeks to come up with it because, you know, I've been working for the Marietta Daily Journal for a long time. So I was thinking, you know, Cobb County, Marietta, how can I? And then I was reading a book by one of my mentors, uh, Terry Pluto, who is the co- longtime colonist for the Akron Beacon Journal and the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer uh, up by where I came from. And uh, he had one sentence in, uh, in his book, and it said, I write about sports. How about I that? said, well, there it is. <laughs> you know, so that, that's going to be the title of my book. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple and straightforward. <laughs> I write about sports. That's what you do. Yep. And uh, the, the best thing about it is, is there, you know, the gentleman that I'm working with already said, now, the stories that you're putting in here, that's not all of them, right? So I said, no, you know, these are the ones that I kind of cherry picked out of, uh, out of our archives for 14 years. So he's already looking down the road. If this one goes well, I think, uh, you know, I might have a chance to do another one. Okay. Well, when that's ready, we, we know we're going to have you back in studio. you let us know when, that, when, that's, when it's ready for people to, uh, to sample and check it out. So that's, that's going to be fantastic. Congratulations on that. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, I feel good about it. Yeah, as well you should. As well you should. A lot of things he's done. Folks, John Betnarowski is here. And, of course, we open up the phone lines. You want to you chat with us, uh, check in with us, you can go to the Saul Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line, 404-741-0929, or give us a call at 404-741-0929. Always opportunity for you to be in touch with us on this morning as we're here until 10 a.m. Uh, college basketball, um, during the last hour, Deshaun Tate was here. And he mentioned that Georgia Tech got a win. They did 64-58 uh, over NC State. Georgia, uh, not so much over Ole Miss. Ole Miss beat some 70-60. to 60. And Georgia had some chances, and Ole Miss comes in and takes that one away. Yeah, Georgia's only other loss at home was Kentucky. And you think just when they're getting ready to start making that run, now they, you know, they, they stub their toe. I think they've got 12 games left. Six of them are on the road. They haven't played well on the road. No. So you you, you got to take care of your business at home and make sure you get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they do have that opportunity. It's there before them. They just got to finish some games and close some games uh, at the end. That one got away from them at home. Georgia State goes on the road. And a big win for the Panthers down at Statesboro. And the place is always packed at Hanner Fieldhouse. It was yesterday. Georgia State down 14 in the second half. And the Panthers rally and come back for an 82-77 win over the folks downstate uh, in the battle they call State, not Southern. Um, big win. Uh, Georgia State now at 14-7 and on the year. And it's great to see some of the players that came through. Kane Williams came through with 15 points in that one. Justin Phillips, 13. Damon Wilson, 13. They are home Thursday night against South Alabama. Been a while since they played at home. Uh, so that's good for them as well. Mercer was a winner, 69-66 at VMI. Kennesaw State having a rough time, uh, 64-83, uh, 64 Jacksonville was a winner in that one. And one game over in the AU Center, uh, the big annual game there, the grudge match. Morehouse beats Clark Atlanta, 67-62. They'll do it again in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Morehouse won the game at Morehouse. We mentioned Kennesaw State and having obviously having a difficult time uh, basketball season, football season has been so consistent for them. But you've got something this week about a possible conference change maybe coming for the Owls. Ted Gumbart, the uh, commissioner of the A-Sun, sent out uh, a release. Now, he's also run something uh, called the C- uh, CCSA, the Coastal Collegiate Sports Association. 
There's going to be a quiz on this. He's, running two, he's running two conferences at one time. What the, what Can the, you do that? What the CCSA is, is it's a conference for an individual sport. It allows a lot of teams that, you know, teams that are in the SEC, teams that are in the SOCON, that might have either beach volleyball or swimming programs. Okay. It, it offers them a chance to all come together to compete. Okay. Okay. What Ted wants to do, and this is the main idea, he wants the, at, uh, the members of the A-Sun to join en masse the CCSA and have it become what they call a core conference, a conference that offers all the, sp- uh, all the sports, you know, where you've got men's and women's sports, the, the whole thing. Right. If that happens, that would be phase one. Okay, then he wants to invite other programs to join the conference and build the A-Sun into a 20-team conference. Whoa. Now, if that happens, what he wants to be able to do is break an eight-team football playing conference. Because remember, the A-Sun is the only conference down here right now that is without football. Right. Uh, Kennesaw State is a member of the Big South in football, so is North Alabama. You know, everybody's like that. So he would want North Alabama and Kennesaw State to be kind of the the lead dogs in this new conference. Okay. It would open up the opportunity for schools that are considering bringing Division I football to campus, FCS, you know, uh, Charleston maybe or – North Carolina, Wilmington, or somebody like that that wants to start a football program, okay. they could join. And what he said, the thing that was interesting to me is he says he wants that eight-team conference to be state schools or public universities. So what that does is he's saying, you know, Mercer, Wofford, Elon, those guys are all private institutions. Right. Well, if you think of state schools that are in this area, okay, North Alabama and Kennesaw State, all of a sudden you start thinking, who else is going to be in this footprint? Now, if you don't have teams that are going to bring new programs in, could you get a Jacksonville State? Could you get an East Tennessee State? Could you get a Chattanooga? You know, all these guys would make real nice rivalries, relatively close. The fan bases could all, uh, you know, travel to these games. Now, he's not willing to go out and say that, you know, these guys are all going to join, and I'm, I don't know if uh, they have any agreements that are uh, in the works. But he did say they did a year's worth of research into this, and there are programs around the Southeast that would be interested in joining them. Now, I, I, obviously, considering my alma mater, I have to bring them in as well, because what about teams that are in that footprint that at the Division II level, you mentioned North Alabama. They just made the transition up to that. Would they? Would they? Uh, would they approach a school like West Georgia? Well, provided they they would want to make the move up and become an FCS. See, the big thing is, is they're going to be an FCS. They've done feasibility study down there. So and they if, got and they got new facilities. So that's that's why I say that they yeah. got new facilities that Valdosta doesn't have. So that's that's what, you know, what I'm saying. It. So that, you know there are some possibilities out there, and uh, you know. The nice thing about FCS football, and you can say what you want about the uh, FBS programs and the group of five and the power five and all that, they have a true playoff. Yeah, so, yeah they have a and, tournament. Uh, 
And anybody that wants to complain that, you know, oh, a 16-game season might be too long for these kids that are playing in the, the big-time college football, North Dakota State just went 16-0 and yeah. won the FCS title. Yeah. I had to jump in here as producer. You guys sound great. And I think we, we, we left a little bit of a void, so we're going to get back to all these things that you cover locally, locally in the state of Georgia, but this crossover that's going on. But we should have touched on this last hour when we were talking high school. And I'm going to just bring this up and let you guys go back and forth. And I want to thank John. Sam, you knew about it because your toe is con- constantly in this pond. But when you weren't here and John worked with me the first time, he broke some news. He was the first one, and then you and I talked about this year's Corky Kell Classic, and for the first time something's happening. And I don't think a lot of our audience has heard that news yet, the significance of the next Corky Kell Classic. Why don't you guys get into that in these next uh, last few minutes? Are you speaking of the interloper? The, the inter... The <laughs> <laughs> for the first time, uh, when, when the Corky Kell Classic is played next or this coming August to kick off the uh, 2020 high school season... Yeah. You know, it's the best high school football showcase in the country as far as I'm concerned. Yep. The talent levels are second to none. The Corky Kell Classic, for the first time, is going to bring in an out-of-state team to play in it. Uh, they're going to bring in Hoover yeah. from uh, Alabama, and that's, uh, you know, that's high cotton for uh, uh, for potential opponents because, you know, Hoover's got that repu- that national reputation. Yes, they have from having their own television show for a few years back, and, and they, you know, and they've maintained that that they have that image nationwide. People know that program, and they've been able to carry it forth there year in and year out, contenders for state championship and nationally ranked over there. So they're uh, they're going to come in. I believe they're going to play Lowndes. Yes. So that's going to be one heck of a uh, high profile game. And they and they and by the way that they're coming in with a new coach over there. So they uh, I got Jamie DeBose has taken over as the football coach. Uh, down at Lowndes, as Randy McPherson uh, left after they lost the state championship game against Marietta. Uh, they played his last game, so that's when we last saw Lowndes. They were here taking on Marietta for the state championship. They'll be back in town, but they'll be facing these guys from Alabama. The first time, like you said, you had a team from outside of the state come to play in this event. You know, the Corky Kell Classic just keeps getting bigger. Now we're playing games on Wednesdays. <laughs> you know, we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday slates. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're only what two hundred days away from uh, kickoff. Yeah, how about that? How about how about <laughs> how about how about that? We're gonna be all over that talking about your sports radio ninety two ninety game. We are, of course, your radio home for the Corky Kale Kickoff Classic. It should be a lot of fun once again when it happens this year. All right, folks, coming up next, I'm gonna talk about what's happening down under. We're looking to Roger Federer's playing now. Rick Limper keeps an eye on things tennis. He's also been hanging out with those gadgets out in Vegas. He's going to join us next in Sports Radio 1990 Game and 1990Game.com. Coco Golf. Uh, she's been eliminated at the Australian Open, but what a week for that young lady and former Atlanta resident, 15 years old. Uh, she gets eliminated in three sets overnight. Still, uh, she's shown so much sign of potential greatness. And uh, Sam Crenshaw with you, Sports Radio 1990 Game, John Betnarowski, Marietta Daily Journal. Uh, in studio, we're going to talk more about her as the morning goes along. But the guy who keeps an eye on all things tennis, as well as gadgets out in Vegas this week, joins us now on the WaitForIt.com hotline. Rick Limpert, good morning. Well, good morning, Sam. Vegas was two weeks ago. Oh. The golf show was this week. So I know I know it all runs together uh, when it comes to gadgets and stuff. So <laughs> You are. Um, talk about this week so far, what we've seen in, um, in Australia. Coco obviously being a great story for American tennis. But there have been so many intriguing stories there this week. 
yeah, she keeps getting better and better. Um, only 15. I mean, it's uh, amazing. She's uh, she constructs points really well. She seems mentally tough, and uh, and she's just a great athlete. So that recipe uh, looks good for her the rest of the year and, and way into the future. She lost to uh, Sophia Cannon, another young American today. Um, tough match, and uh, it's good to see uh, another young American advancing. Uh, in the tournament, and uh, just really the sky's the limit for all these young American girls. Uh, things look good. That happening at the same time in this tournament, disappointment, obviously, for Serena Williams, and uh, because that's a tournament that she's done so well. She won a tune-up event, and so people figured maybe her game was, was on point to go out and, and compete until the second week. That's a rarity to see her leave uh, in the first week of a major tournament. Yeah, I was surprised. They lost to an opponent that she beat in like 50 minutes uh, the last time they played. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, like I said, there's like there's a whole crop of young players coming up, Americans, uh, some from Asia. And uh, it's not getting any easier. Serena tries to break Margaret Court's uh, Grand Slam record. She's got to pick off one somewhere along the line. Uh, Wimbledon this year might be her best chance. You know, there was a lot of things that went on on Friday. I can't remember a better day of tennis uh, than Friday. We had Coco beating Naomi Osaka. Uh, of course, Serena got beat. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki played her last match of her career. And then Roger Federer figured out a way, I don't know how he did it, to come back and beat Australian uh, John Millman in a five-set tiebreaker where you know, he was down, what, 8-4 to four and came back to win that thing 10-8. It was an unbelievable match. Can, can you remember a single day's worth of tennis that uh, reminded you of that? No, that was a great day. That really uh, went back to some of, reminded me of some of those U.S. Opens where it was great quarterfinals and great semifinal matches. And Federer putting the uh, the finishing touches on another win today, that's really uh, the sign of a great champion, uh, a guy that can come back like that uh millman didn't give it away uh, federer earned it that so they play that match tiebreaker for the final set in australia and if they would have played a normal tiebreaker millman would have won it uh so they played that match tiebreaker federer seemed uh somehow found his way back and also that same day uh, nick curios the the local hopeful in australia he came back and won a uh, a great thrilling five setter as well if we're hatching off from russia so that was a huge day for uh uh, for Australian Open tennis, we may not see a day like that for uh, for years to come. Yep, yeah, spending time on the waitfor.com hotline with Rick Limpert. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Rick Roswell at Rick Roswell as we talk tennis with him this morning. Now, tennis isn't the only thing you were doing. You were out at CES, uh, and I mentioned all the gadgets and stuff. You were sending pictures back. You were seeing all kind of stuff and meeting all kind of people. What you see out there that really attracted your attention and, and that you kind of remember that we ought to be on the lookout for. Yeah, it was a great year at CES, actually. Uh, it always brings out a lot of the uh, the, the celebs that are uh, partners with uh, with some of these companies. So once again, uh, something that we uh, we don't get enough of, probably all of us, sleep was very important. And lots of sleep trackers, lots of uh, devices to help us get better sleep, uh, high-tech beds that measure our sleep. Um, talk to Dr. Oz out there. He's a big proponent of uh, you have to get enough sleep, and he's a partner in Sleep Score, uh, which is a, a company that monitors uh, our, our sleep. And it's really important for athletes. They're monitoring their sleep patterns. And uh, really for uh, performance, ultimate, uh, optimal performance, uh, sleep is so important. And that was a big theme out there, you guys. Uh, fantastic. So uh, with all that going on, were you ever awake? 
Are they, or were you trying these things? And if you sampled them, how would you know they were good or not? You think that, that may made you sleep? Uh, I know there were some 20-hour days there as, as last week at the golf show. Uh, another thing really important is connected fitness. I don't know if you guys are uh, have used Peloton systems, but a Peloton, of course, the uh, – the stationary bike where you connect in with friends and, and classes you take uh, all while in your house on your bike. A lot of competitors for that coming out, uh, running, uh, Peloton type devices. So, uh, the way we kind of, uh, pair up with, uh, with other people or join groups at right in our own homes, uh, as almost like a, uh, a fitness club in our own home is uh, really a big theme and something that to look forward to as well. You mentioned the Peloton. You know, I see the commercials, and everybody is working out. They've got these big bay windows uh, overlooking the ocean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overlooking the mountains. And then you realize the reason that they have these big bay windows is because in order to buy a Peloton, it's like $3,000. You say there's going to be a lot of competitors uh, that are bringing products to the market. Do we have an idea of how long it's going to be before the price of those things start to drop? Yeah, John, it's not as glamorous as those commercials uh, <laughs> show, but uh, usually you're in a room with uh, with no windows uh, riding your uh, your exercise bike. But yeah, Peloton, a little pricey in the uh, the over $3,000 range plus a uh, a monthly fee a lot of times. So there were some competitors out there promising in the $1,000 range uh, for a similar type device, and that will cause Peloton maybe to... Uh, to adjust their uh, their pricing model a little bit or what they're offering. So, yeah, as with anything, when the, uh, the 4K televisions came out, they were uh, multiple thousand dollars, and now uh, they've come to the under thousand dollar mark. So, like anything, there's a price drop as they become more prevalent. Yeah, spending time on the waitfor.com hotline with Rick Lemprit. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Rick Roswell and John Batnarowski, Marietta Daily Journal, uh, in studio. He also went to the golf show. Now, what did you find there? Uh, that that uh, that you remembered and kind of attracted your attention. So while CES has two hundred thousand uh, attendees out in Vegas, the golf show still a big show, but only forty thousand in in Orlando last week, and uh, that that feels like child's play compared to CES. Uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of actually, Sam, a lot of local companies there uh, exhibiting uh, at uh, at the golf show, including uh, Bridgestone Golf, which uh, people a lot of people don't know that golf balls are made uh, in Covington right here in the uh, the Atlanta area. So they're showcasing some new golf balls with new covers on them that give a little more friendly bounce to uh, to balls on the green. And then also a, uh, a ball fitting system where you videotape your swing on your own phone, and that gets emailed to uh, to uh, an email at Brit through Bridgestone, and then they recommend uh, which ball you should be using for your swing. So it used to be had to be had these expensive launch monitors right. and a whole process to get fitted for balls. Now just as simple as a one swing uh, taped on your phone, and Bridgestone will tell you which ball you should be using. <laughs> so, so what do you think, John? <laughs> so, Rick, are you trying to tell me that as an amateur with I have no idea what my handicap is anymore, probably around 18. Are you trying to tell me the Pro V1 at 45 bucks a dozen might not be the best ball for me? John, it probably isn't the best ball for you. Those <laughs> balls are made for the touring pros and, and for the guys with swing speeds over 105 miles an hour. And my swing, as an 18 handicapper, my swing speed is not over 105 miles an hour. So, uh, uh Bridgestone's offering uh, that uh, and balls that maybe fit our game better than uh, the real expensive ones 
uh, that we see at the uh, PGA Superstores and Dick's and stuff. So uh, maybe worth a try for you guys. That is simply remarkable. That is simply <laughs> remarkable. Made <laughs> available. That is, that is that is that is fantastic stuff. What else did you see? Anything else you see? The gym. What about in, in, any apparel? Anything different for golf apparel that you saw? Um, yeah, I mean, always a lot of golf apparel. Now, apparel's really uh, uh, really changed over the years. Now we have these uh, uh, cooler fitting uh, devices. So there's a company called uh, Sparms. And they make the sleeves that we wear. You see sometimes people wearing arm sleeves and, uh, and that type of thing. So they protect not only from the sun, but they have a cooling factor in these sleeves. So you're wearing sleeves. You look like you probably should be warmer or sweating in the hot weather here in Atlanta, but actually it cools your body down. And it's not a full shirt. They're just little sleeves you wear with short sleeve uh, tennis shirts or golf shirts. So sun protection and cooling in that, in that, and uh, I, I was pretty impressed by that. And a company called Stitch, S-T-I-T-C-H, that's kind of making clothes that are modern materials but have a more traditional and uh, and uh, an easy look to them. So uh, not wild type clothing that you might expect to see on the golf course. So uh, traditional look but modern materials, and it feels good. You know, I find it interesting because it, everything's got the uh, was it the moisture wicking, yeah, yep. dry else. fit, yep, and don't get me wrong. They're all great. And I, I wear them when I'm playing and they're, they're great shirts. But is there a company out there that still makes a golf shirt out of cotton materials? I can't find uh, one anymore. I did not see one among the thousands of exhibitors at the show. I mean, like there are companies coming back that used to make those cotton, like, uh, you know, Munsingware, the, the Penguin the design. Penguin. They're co- they're coming back uh, with a, a clothing line, but again, they're using uh, more modern materials and the, and the moisture wicking. So that's really the way things are going. The no. different fit, uh, maybe it doesn't uh, feel quite initially as comfortable as the cotton, but as Sam knows, when you're out there in those 100-degree days, uh, you appreciate that high tech uh, in your clothing as far as keeping you dry and cool and uh, Under Armour also with a, a cooling-type shirt and shorts out. Uh, for the real hot weather. So that's way, really the way things are trending. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rick, hey, we thank you for your updates and giving us all information, talking tennis, the CES show, the golf show, and, of course, uh, we get along to the holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day. We'll be checking in with you for those ideal gifts. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, guys, have a good rest of the day. All right, that is Rick Lippert. Follow him on Twitter once again, at Rick Roswell. We come back more on the Australian opening. Maybe some afterthoughts on some of these items he was mentioning. Sam with John it's Sports Radio 1990 Game at 1990Game.com. Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos yesterday doing Chop Fest at Truist Stadium, Truist Field, <laughs> as it is called now, uh, as the Braves uh, met their fans and met the public, talked to the media ahead of the 2020 season. Sam Crenshaw with you on this Sunday morning. It's game day Sunday morning because the Pro Bowl is coming up later today. Uh, I'm on this side of the glass. Greg's on the other side of the glass. And, John Betnarowski from Marietta Daily Journal has been spending the morning with us, uh, enjoying so much. Uh, all right, John, you were there yesterday. Uh, and first of all, you did see there was at least one Truist sign. Yeah, Truist Park is uh, up and running. It's going to be a little while before everything that says SunTrust is gone, but uh, uh, I think by opening day we should be in good shape. All right, all right. Talk about the team now. And obviously I think a lot of fans want to know about one particular guy who was hurting uh, physically when the season ended. You know, last year, Freddie Freeman put up what you would consider to be a Freddie Freeman 
type stat line. He hit uh, 295. He had 38 home runs, 121 RBIs. But, you know, he started having elbow problems late in the summer. Uh, his production fell way off, and then he struggled through the playoffs. Uh, about a week or two weeks after the season ended, he was in New York having surgery done to clean out that elbow. Man. And he told us yesterday uh, it was a lot worse than anybody may have imagined at the time. Uh, he'd gotten x-rays, MRI, all that, and the doctor had initially told him that there was one uh, one big bone spur and a couple of floating fragments in that elbow. When, he, when the doctor did the surgery, uh, it turns out there were two bone spurs, uh, three loose impediments in there, and his elbow joint had completely closed. Uh, he had told him that... Uh, even if they had won that fifth game against the Cardinals, it was unlikely that Freddie would have been able to play going forward because the, the big bone spur that was in there was about ready to break off. So there was a lot of pain. He talked about there were days where he'd wake up and it hurt to wash his hair. Man. So, they, you know, and it, it takes an awful lot to get Freddie Freeman out of the lineup. But I'll tell you what, he says uh, – you know, he began uh, rehab since the middle of December. He has been absolutely pain-free, working full bore, throwing, hitting, everything. He says it's the first time in nine years he has not had pain in that elbow. And he's feeling so good. He's talking World Series. Well, that's feeling good. Yeah. He, uh, he sees a lot of potential in this team. He thinks uh, uh, Cole Hamels, who the Braves signed, is going to a, have a huge impact on Max Freed. They seem to be, uh, sim you know, out of this uh, a similar mold. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Freddie uh, is saying, we know we have a good team. Everybody else knows that we have a good team. This is our year. Man. For him to come out and say that yesterday, to me, is, 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 is really big. And, uh, you know, he's, he sees a lot of big things. You know, uh, we talked to Dansby Swanson. Uh, Dansby took that last loss really hard, and he said he was kind of in a funk for a good I'm sure, uh, I'm sure. Uh, good time. He started working back out. What brought him out of that was when the Braves started making some of these signings and solidifying the bullpen and and bringing in these guys. And then, of course, the big signing with Osuna. You know, he's back and ready to go. But he said he took that last loss really hard. He, you know, there were times where he came down, broke down in tears. He's not. A, he says he's not ashamed to admit that. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of enthusiasm over there at Chop Fest, not only by the uh, fans who were outside screaming for a World Series, but the players too. They're looking for big things this year. Looking for big things as well. I mean, one of the big question marks I think still with this team is at third base and uh, with Donaldson getting away. And a lot of the players had, you know, they had not, they didn't have any ill will toward him, as you talked to yesterday. No, everybody, uh, they loved Donaldson. They thought he was a great teammate, brought a lot to the clubhouse. Their friends, you know, Dansby is saying, look, I support his decision. He made the decision that is uh, best for him, what he thought he needed to do. And as he says, as a friend, all you can do is, uh, you know, support him as best way possible. He did say, hope to see him this year, which would mean yeah. World Series. How about that? Because that's about that? the only way they're going to play the Twins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. That leaves the question at third base. 
Uh, we're hearing two names. Uh, we're going to see a competition go on here, obviously, in, in uh, during spring training. Yeah, it's uh, Johan Camargo, who has dropped a lot of weight. Okay. Looks like he's in really good shape. And Austin Riley, who's been doing a lot of work on his swing, he said he got into where he was sliding a little bit. You know, when he was coming up and mashing the ball, he wasn't sliding. That's one of the bad habits that he had gotten into when he is off his game a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that third base. If you ask me, this is just my opinion, I think you turn it over to Riley. Now, a lot of people are saying Camargo, but I, I like Riley because you got to find out what the kid can do. It does him no good to be sitting on the bench in a reserve role anymore. And how much more can you see of him at AAA? The problem is, is if he doesn't win the third base job, he becomes one of the reserve outfielders too. You've got such a big log jam in the outfield. Who's, you know, who's going to be there? And I'll tell you one thing that we can talk about a little later. There was one guy missing. I don't know why, but there was one significant uh, player missing from Chopfest, and I'm hoping that it's not something to uh, read into the future. Yeah, well, we hope not because we got a, a awful lot of talent uh, there. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of competition uh, this spring, which which you want there, want there to be. The guys who want to be a part of this team and what's happening, they feel like a lot of them – Maybe haven't verbalized what Freddie Freeman did, but they feel that way, that this could be the year for this team. So they're going to compete and scrap hard to get those spots on this roster this year. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those situations where it's nice to know that you may have too much depth. How about that? that? that that's a bad – or I mean, that's a good problem During to the have. course of a season, though, that, I mean, and last season, it was nice to know that there was some of that because you, you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. And so, so – it, it's it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting started. You know, spring training starts, what, three weeks? Yeah, it's that time. It's that time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 